Donald Trump's actually going to be president. I keep forgetting about it and then remembering all over again. It's not as bad as the first time, but fucking hell. <laughs> when will I wake up? Uh, hello and welcome to uh, episode number four of our bonus mini podcast, As It Occurs To Me. Uh, although I was t- talking to Bob Kahn and Vince Cerf the other day, who I hardly need to tell you wrote the paper, A Protocol for Packet Network Interconnection, <laughs> providing the backbone for the creation of the internet. Uh, they call it Aotomus. I don't know if that's... Uh, they also call Transmission Control Protocol Tissipa. So I don't... I don't, I don't I, as always... <laughs> some fancy, yeah. Some uh, jokes for some nerds in today. That's unusual. So as always, this isn't the highly professional video series that your Kickstarter money paid for. Just a bonus bit of extra content that I literally wrote this morning uh, to keep you interested and maybe serve as a little advert for the fact that you can come down and see the shows being recorded. And it's really working, Rich. Yeah. Uh, the ticket sales have been gradually declining and this month are around 50 down on episode 3. Mm, so, I, I, I wonder if you might have had more success in saying tickets if you didn't put out this audio extra. Yeah, yeah, by giving people any indication of what the show involves, they might buy a ticket. Oh, no, by not giving... <laughs> no retakes. No retakes. <laughs> I forgot I've been working with professionals. <laughs> There yes. is a chance that we sold 50 more tickets last time because you weren't here. There is yeah. that chance. Yeah, there is that chance. <laughs> <laughs> Always that chance. Let's try again. Let's do all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yes, by uh, not giving people any indication of what the show involves, they might buy a ticket. You're really just warning them off, aren't we you? We really are. Yeah. So, oh, oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> Granted, these podcasts might not be working for the 2016 audience, but you're forgetting. They're going to be up li- online forever, and if they're heard in hundreds of years' time in the future, when time travel technology becomes possible, then we still might be able to sell out these first four shows. Well, wouldn't we have noticed the future humans? I think by that stage, they'll have evolved beyond our understanding and we'll be hovering in the theatre as a gas. Uh, oh, yeah, no, yes. I think I did notice them now. They uh, mention it. <laughs> At every gig you've ever done. Yeah, not all my audience smell of farts, Emma and Dan. It's about, it's they're here, so that's very rude. It's only about 90% at most that smell that bad. Anyway, let's start the show with good news, depending on whether you believe the rumours about him or not. It was Kirk Douglas's 100th birthday this week. Uh, I've always thought, I, I watched a bit of Spartacus, and I'd always thought that in Spartacus, it was Tony Curtis who was owed the credit for the whole I'm Spartacus thing. But I realised that's not the case at all. Tony Curtis is the first person to say I'm Spartacus, but when he does it, he's just trying to save Kirk Douglas's life. It's the second guy to say, I'm Spartacus. He's the one we should be celebrating for coming up with the everyone being Spartacus idea. It was him who realised that if they all said, I'm Spartacus, that not only would the Romans not know who Spartacus was, but he'd also make a symbolic point about all the slaves being the same and united as one against the Romans. But who is the second bloke? No one knows or gives him credit. He's, a, he's the fucking hero here, not Kirk Douglas, too slow to identify himself and save everyone else, or Tony Curtis trying to hog the credit for being Spartacus when he fucking isn't Spartacus. It's the other bloke who opens things up for everyone to shout, I'm Spartacus. Of course, by doing that, the second guy did give up the chance for all the other slaves to be pardoned for their revolt and not be crucified. So, in a sense, he's a massive tool, but he still deserves the credit for the I'm Spartacus thing. If I'd written the Spartacus film, this is what would have happened. I bring a message from your master, Marcus Licinius Grassus, commander of Italy. By command of his most merciful excellency, your lives are to be spared. Slaves you were and slaves you remain, but the terrible penalty of crucifixion has been set aside under single condition that you identify the body or the living person of the slave called Spartacus. You have the time it takes for the sand to fall through this hourglass.
actually taking a long time to come through. It's a big Roman one. <laughs> there it goes. All the I hope you're thinking, slaves. The sand is nearly run out. Oh. There it is. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. Oh, hold on, hold on, shut up. Stop saying I'm Spartacus. We're clearly not all Spartacus. That's stupid. I'm Spartacus. No, no, you're not. You're Ian Norman. We worked in the kitchen together. No. No, I'm Spartacus. Yeah, if we all say we're Spartacus, then they won't know who Spartacus is. No, don't be an idiot. The bloke just said we'd all get crucified if we didn't give up Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. But no, don't start saying all that again. We'll all be crucified, including the actual Spartacus, which, if the Romans are paying attention, should be easy to identify as he's the one standing at the front and is the only one who isn't saying that he's Spartacus. I'm, I'm, Spart I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. No, 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 no. So in your system of us all being Spartacus, we all get killed horribly, including Spartacus, but if just one person says he's Spartacus, even if he isn't actually Spartacus, like Tony Curtis was attempting, was then we get to live apart from either Spartacus or the one bloke who pretends to be Spartacus. Yeah, but if we all claim to be Spartacus and get killed, we have made a point about how Rome cannot enslave us. No, yeah, you've yeah, made yeah. a point where you all end up dead yeah. and then there is a shortage of slaves, so then Rome has to capture more people to turn into slaves. So in your brilliant I'm Spartacus... I'm Spartacus! Spartacus. Stop, stop it! Spartacus. No, stop it. Stop it. System, you get hundreds of dead slaves and hundreds of free people being made into slaves. This is a terrible fucking plan! Oh, you just shut up. You're just jealous because people will remember me as the bloke who thought up I'm Spartacus. No, they will remember Tony Curtis as that bloke. No. He just said I'm Spartacus to save Spartacus. It was me who said I'm Spartacus to make the point that we're all prepared to die because we are in our hearts all Spartacus. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? No one knows who you are and you're not played by anyone famous in the film, so check on. Also, you're all taking the glory away from the actual Spartacus by claiming you're Spartacus when the whole revolt was his idea. That's just rude. Um, Mr. Roman Guard. Yes? Uh, he's Spartacus, uh, the bloke at the front, not saying he's Spartacus, old bum chin over there. Thank you. That wasn't so hard, was it? Right, let's get back to our slaving work without being crucified. Boo, boo, oh! Oh, how, how am I the bad guy here? I've saved hundreds of lives and stopped hundreds of people becoming slaves. Boo! boo. Rubbish. I'm Spartacus. <laughs> As it occurs to me the only topical sketch show that dares to broadly side with the concept of slavery. It's a good system, don't knock it. <laughs> and 2016 has been a year of tragic deaths and bad news, so it was great yesterday to have something more positive happen when unpleasant journalist A.A. Gill died. Uh, <laughs> as you all know, A.A. actually stood for anus asshole. Uh, you may not know that G-I-L-L stood for Gash Intercourse Labia Lavatory. That is, it's very sad when anyone dies, however despicable they are. So I'd just like to say rectum intercourse penis, anus asshole. Rectum intercourse penis. <laughs> if I'd been A.A. Gill and known I was about to die, then I would have made sure that I was shot by a baboon just to find out what it would feel like to be shot by a man. <laughs> 
I made that joke on Twitter and someone said maybe God wanted to find out what it would be like to give a baboon cancer, which... Uh, <laughs> he quickly deleted it. I can't condone that. That is a very offensive. That is too soon, mate. That's too soon. Have some respect. You may... I know, my, you know, I may not have agreed with all the things Anus Arsehole wrote or a lot of the things he did, so I'm certainly not going to start claiming that I loved the way he expressed his awful opinions. That would be terribly wanky. He was an offensive and outspoken dick, and so it's only appropriate to celebrate his life as being an, uh, uh, celebrate his life by being an offensive, outspoken dick in turn, and then shoot an animal to find out what it'd be like to kill a different but similarly shaped animal, which is what I'm going to do next. <laughs> he killed a fucking baboon. Fuck him. Uh, but in happier news, Emma Morano celebrated her 117th birthday this week, justifying my decision to put all my life savings into a business that makes 117th birthday cards and candles. Uh, for too long, people wanting to send 117th birthday cards had had to buy a 17th birthday card and scribble a one in front, or an 11th birthday card and scribble a seven at the end. But those cards have themes that do not apply to 117-year-olds. They're for teenagers. But now you can get cards for 117-year-olds with appropriate pictures on the front, more akin to their interests of sitting in a chair with their mouth gaping wide open as if they were dead, or trying to guess what it is they did in their life that made them live for so long. For Emma Morano, that is eating raw eggs and being single. I'm happy to die in my 50s, if that's what it takes, Emma. But <laughs> Emma Morano is the last verified human being from the 1800s. And if you saw my show, uh, Lord of the Dance Settee, you'll know I had a thing about that kind of baton passing that you know, I've been kissed by someone from the 19th century and you can make a couple of kisses spra spra span the centuries. Uh, so if you haven't yet been kissed by someone from the 1800s, then please head to Italy and quick, because I tell you, the curse of the world's oldest person must strike again soon. It's, it's taken them all down. I hope I'm never the oldest person in the world. It's a death sentence. But... Uh, <laughs> It's also now legal to be kissed by most people from the year 2000. So you can already get your three-century baton passing of kissing going right now. As it occurs to me The only sketch show since the 1970s Which openly advocates kissing 16-year-olds They're 16, Christian, not under 16. I can walk around with my head held high. I'm not kissing anyone who was born after December the 11th, uh, so 2000. I'm not a pervert. Anywho, we're eight pages into a 17-page script, so let's meet the Aotama team. The Aotama team of baboons. Yeah, the Aotama team. It's going to carry on forever. Of baboons who I'm prepared to shoot later on to see what it would feel like to kill some talented comedy performers. It'll be a similar, it'll be similar, it'll be a similar enough experience to find out. Is TV's Emma Kennedy, Christian Riley, in return from his, to you, the audio audience, unexplained absence from the last episode, Dan Tetzel! Hello! Hello. Yeah. What have you, uh, well, it's, it's two months since we've seen you, Dan. What have yes. you been in the last two what months? What have I not been, I no, have, no, no. Uh, I've, uh, I shaved off my moustache, I yeah, had a moustache last yeah. time, didn't I? Um... Yeah, there must have been something after that. <laughs> it was such a, uh, yes, no, I got an email today. It invited me to a New Year's Eve uh, supper uh, on the New Year's... And I had an excuse that I didn't have to make up, so I don't have to go. <laughs> and it was honestly one of the most beautiful moments of my life. I just... I, I, didn't, I don't have to lie to this person. Mm. I just honestly can say no. <laughs> Uh, I'm quite angry and lone. Uh, I just don't like going out. Um, I agree. I hate New Year's yeah. Eve. It's the worst yeah. night of the year. Uh, I, oh. wish, I wish they would oh, just I thought it was it. funnier than that, but never mind. No. All, right. so, <laughs> all these people are young. They love they've, going out they've on lost, New Year's Eve. They've, you know, there's, there's a distance between us since I've been there away. Is, I, like, I should have brought you all a present. 
It's true. Uh, who is this guy? Uh, what have you been up to, TV's Emma Kennedy? Uh, I, I've mostly been, been having uh, semi-arguments with, with Trump supporters oh, on, yes. on, on Twitter, uh, and, and some of which have been, have been illuminating beyond belief. Uh, when, when he appointed uh, Ben Carson, uh, I, I politely pointed out that, that this, this is the man that doesn't believe in dinosaurs and thinks that the pyramids were grain stores. And... Um, and uh, someone took great exception uh, uh, with me for, for saying that dinosaurs existed and, um, and, and, and tried to argue that, that, that my attacking Ben Carson not believing in, in dinosaurs would be just as bad as, as sort of uh, this person attacking my belief system because I believe in dinosaurs, as it's sort of equating a belief in dinosaurs, the fact that dinosaurs existed and God... Um, so I, I, I said to her, I, I just off, off a whim, I said, what shape do you think the Earth is? <laughs> and she said, it, it's flat, the Earth is flat. And I said, and I said how, how do you know? And she went to her back garden and took a photograph <laughs> from her back porch and sent it back to me and said, there you are, look, you can see the horizon, it's flat. <laughs> and I thought, right, how do, I, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with this in as kind a way as I can? So I said, well, OK, if I believed that, uh, your belief that, that the Earth is, is flat, then, then you would agree, wouldn't you, that somewhere there's an edge. Somewhere there is an edge, maybe four edges. I mean, we don't know what shape the flat Earth is. I mean, obviously, we'd like to assume it's a round, flat shape, a circle. But it could be any shape. It could be an octagon. It could be any shape. So I said, there's going to be an edge, isn't there? There's going to be an edge. So how come nobody has ever found it or fallen off it? And that shut the fucking bitch up. Dinosaurs definitely exist because they're on Andy's dinosaur adventure. Exactly. Yeah, he goes true. back in time. Maybe she found the edge and fell off. <laughs> uh, and Christian, what's been going on with you? Uh, I've been mostly dreaming about Christmas. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, yes, I've uh, I've written a song about it. Oh, how lovely! Okay. Exactly. Well, you know, oh, I'm just, that's I've heard what, what, that. What a uh, seamless link there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because there's been this war on Christmas, and I just it's time to get back to a traditional Christmas. I am dreaming of a traditional Christmas Just me and two buddies riding on camels On a desert looking for a baby Yeah, that's what Christmas is all about yeah, I'm dreaming of a traditional Christmas Giving a lump of gold to a baby And hearing the mother say to the father By the way, the kid's not yours <laughs> I'm dreaming of a traditional Christmas Being forced to look after kids that aren't my own 
Anyone knows that anyone that knows anything about my personal life will know I'm Christmas as fuck. <laughs> I'm dreaming of a scab I'm seeing do dap 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 Christmas. I'm la bibla zila bop bop pretending everything's okay. Shab-bab-dooby-dooby-doo-doo-doo Suppressing memories of an alcoholic stepfather Zooby-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo Domestic violence I'm dreaming of a traditional Christmas Ordering the execution of all male children under two that totally sounds like something Donald Trump would do. May all your Christmas dreams come true. Uh, how lovely. That's right, Christian. Uh, I'd forgotten Christmas is uh, almost upon us, so I've been taking my daughter to a lot of Christmas shows. Uh, this week we went to see The Cat in the Hat at the Pleasance, London. I'm not sure I've ever really enjoyed the work of Dr. Seuss, uh, and its most famous creation is a twat, uh, who I find it hard to warm to. Uh, this play is not directly aimed at me, but I didn't enjoy it. Uh, I don't know if you know the story of uh, The Cat in the Hat. It involves two kids who are stuck indoors on a rainy day who get a visit from a cat whose main talking point is that he wears a hat. He thinks that's clever because it rhymes with what he is. Uh, and then proceeds to cause mayhem and smash stuff and generally behave like a cunt uh, <laughs> before fucking off. Uh, maybe the anarchy appears to children, but it feels like very mean-spirited anarchy to me, the actions of a bored and malevolent force who wants to get the children into trouble. Uh, I think the cat in the hat should be called the twat who is a twat. Uh, when the cat and the cat... Uh, the show ends with uh, the kid's mother returning home and the kid's not knowing what to tell her about what happened. What would you do, asked the cast, at least opening the possibility that if you're visited by a weird stranger who makes you smash up the house and lets in two of his mates who do even worse, that you maybe shouldn't tell your parents. That doesn't seem a very healthy message to me. I, I'm not suggesting for a second that the cat in the hat is a child molester, uh, though he seems to willingly to, willing to torment them psychologically, just that he's a facilitator of child molesters. If the kids keep quiet about this, then it'll be easier for them to, make, to be made to keep quiet for any less quirky and wacky visitors. I'm not sure Dr. Seuss was even a real doctor. Was he just pretending to be so one so he had an excuse to spend more one-on-one -on -one time with kids? Because he loved telling them stories and so on. That's what I mean. Uh, I'm saying I, I hate uh, the cat in the hat. And, and talking of cunts, Nigel Farage, uh, is star of the upcoming Dr. Seuss books, Farage in the Garage, where a snaggletooth monster tries to lure children into their carport in order to indoctrinate them into making decisions that will ruin their futures before fucking off to live in America. Uh, anyway, that man of the people and potential UK ambassador to the United States had a celebration party thrown for him at the Ritz Hotel at which he was presented with a of Ferrero Rocher chocolates, which has really taken the shine off my romantic gesture to my wife, in which I give her an exponentially increasing number of gold-wrapped, unpleasant, testicle-shaped sweetmeats every Valentine's Day. Now when I do that, all I will think of is Nigel Farage's mouth hanging open like a 117-year-old woman's in what he imagines to be a smile and be physically sick. 
It's like he genuinely believes that the main job of the UK ambassador to the United States is to hand out cheap sweets, posing as luxury ones, so they can do that. So that they can then do that brilliant joke of saying, "Oh, ambassador, you're really spoiling us." <laughs> <laughs> Rather than, "Oh, ambassador, are you taking the fucking piss?" I came to this reception expecting there'd be some pretty impressive homemade chocolates on offer, like from Hotel Chocolate or something, or even even better than that. Not just what is essentially a topic bar crushed up into a ball and covered in fucking tinfoil. It's not the main job of the UK ambassador to hand out cheap sweets and antagonise his guests. That's the main job of Farage in the garage. As it occurs to me that either Dr. Seuss or Nigel Farage might be a child molester is highly enjoyable but has no basis in fact but we're living in a post-fact world Uh, also this week, my wife was out having a well-deserved night out with the girls whilst I looked after the baby. Translation, drank rum and orange juice alone whilst losing money playing online poker whilst my baby slept, I expect, I don't know. <laughs> I've decided to drink and gamble what little remains of my life away in an attempt to escape the world. Uh, my wife Katie texted me to say she was on her way home. I was then getting ready to sleep, so texted her attempting to say... I might be in bed. But a combination of rum, gambling losses and autocorrect meant the text said... I might be inbred. <laughs> Which is a hell of a bit of news to impart by text after nine years of being together and nearly five years of marriage. My wife texted back... Uh, you probably should have mentioned that before we had a child together. Maybe face to face rather than by text. And I replied, look, you knew us from Somerset. You should have realised it was a 50-50 chance. <laughs> She texted... Well, I'm afraid the marriage is over. I'm not coming home. Hmm. I said, I don't need you anyway. I have my rum. But my phone autocorrected that to my mum. Uh, <laughs> and added, who is also my sister. It's like my phone is trying to ruin my life. Seriously, I'd argue that when you're faced with a sentence that might be, I might be in bed or I might be inbred, that any software should go for the more likely option. And as far as I know, the phone isn't yet able to do a DNA analysis of its user. So the more likely option is surely that I was going to bed rather than revealing a terrible family secret. If it's going to change inbed to inbred, then it should maybe at least put up a query first. Are you sure you meant inbred? I mean, in bed seems so much more likely. I should probably assume that's what you were after, but can you just confirm? Rather than just sending off a text, that destroyed my marriage. Thanks very much, Siri. Uh, now it's time to go back to Christian Riley for another Christmas song. All right, this is a... This is a song about everybody's favourite Christmas song. Hope you like it. It was Christmas time And there was this lovely song Playing on the radio All about Christmas But in the middle of it There was this weird bit That sounded like an angry person Had broken into the studio Oh, you scumbag, you faggot You fat, ugly bastard Shove Christmas up your asshole, you useless Faggot! 
And my nine-year-old son, and my nine-year-old son turned to me and said, Hey Dad, what's a faggot? I said it's a bad word for people who are gay on Christmas Day. And we all tried to explain it away on Christmas Day. I said the singer's not naughty, she's just playing a character who would have said backward things like that. But it's odd that they chose for her to say it out loud instead of keeping it in the subtext. And my son said to me, what's the subtext? I said, look it up, you faggot. Cause that's what people say in songs on Christmas Day. And just then a member of the NYPD choir burst in and said, I think the Pokes are overrated. Not really, I just made him up like Shane McGowan did. The New York police don't have a choir, it's all bullshit. Pretending bullshit's not bullshit on Christmas Day. Thank God for Christian Riley. Christian Riley, ladies and gentlemen, I was actually listening to Slade's Merry Christmas Everybody in the car this week. And you know, it's a good song, but it's all about the It's Christmas, isn't it? Every genuinely, without the It's Christmas, I think it might have been a hit, but I don't think it would have gone on to be the Christmas pop song that it is today. I wonder if anyone has ever earned as much money over such a long time from two words as Noddy Holder has. Uh, write in and let me know if you can think of someone. This isn't a joke, it's a genuine query. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, if you've enjoyed listening, to this then why not come along and see the last two recordings on January the 15th or February the 12th at the Leicester Square Theatre LeicesterSquareTheatre.com or if you didn't donate to the Kickstarter sign up for the secret channel which is going to be packed with extras at GoFasterStrike.com slash Artima. Or if you can't get to London, then come and see me on tour doing my show, The Best. Details at richardherring.com and lots more Christmas present ideas from, for comedy dweebs at gofasterstripe.com. Anyway, I want to end this episode with the world premiere of my new children's play, Farage in a Garage. Hey, what? Come over here. The Farage in the garage is about to appear. He's whizzing over to whisk you away on a fabulous journey he's having today. He's coming! The sun did not shine, it was too wet to play So we sat in the house all that cold, cold, wet day I sat there with Sally, we sat there we two And I said how I wish we had something to do And then something went bump, how that bump made us jump we looked, then he arrived in a tacky gold plate carriage. It looked like a pumpkin from some fucked up Jordan marriage. We looked and we saw him. The, the farage in, in the garage. garage. And, and he, he said, said to us... Why do you sit there like that? Is it because immigrant children have come streaming into this country and taken away all your toys? If I have my way, we'll just have white girls and boys. And we'll be back to a land of Morris dancing. No waltz or bolero. Come into the garage. I've got some Ferrero. <laughs> I said, I don't really like those horrible chocks. Can you not give us a Cadbury selection box? No. Eat what you're fucking given, you horrible scrote. And then do that you're really spoiling us joke. And he forced his Ferreros right down our throats. Eat it. Eat my immigrant rochets made by impure races. Let me spread my hazelnut confection all over your faces. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
the garage. With the farage in the garage. And it was full of old junk, like dusty old trunks. And rickety chairs and my dad's 70s flares. And tins full of poison and rusty old nails. And a mug celebrating the marriage of the Prince and Princess of Wales. And I said to the farage... The farage in the garage. I said to him, oh farage, I don't mean to grouse, but it's much worse in here than it was in the house. And the farage in the garage said... Well, you're fucking here now. It was your choice. Your chose to come here. It's your Independence Day. Now I'm shutting the doors and fucking off to America. Don't tell your mum what I did, right? <laughs> but Farage, oh Farage, you have to stay here. You said you loved the UK and our horrible beer. How can you leave? What were your words worth? You hate people who leave their country of birth? No, you little fuckheads. I said I hated immigrants. But I'm going to America and be an immigrant. Now, give me that bowler. I'd like to wear that so I can stand in a gold lift and be the expat in the hat. Swat! Hey, what? Come over here. The Farage in the garage is about to appear. He's whizzing over to whisk you away on a fabulous journey he's having today. He's coming! That's all we got for you this time. Two more chances to see us live. Happy Christmas! (laughs) 